It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Good. Now that you've received your invitation, join us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Tell a friend, and welcome to the party. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. So, we have got our returning champion, Chris O'Connor. He is the owner of Liquid Night Entertainment and Investments, uh, and also Officeworks. Uh, we've got uh, Big Dave Elliott. He's the owner of CNP Construction. And Ben Roberts. He is uh, our bartender extraordinaire up here at the Pendergast Club. And the anonymous female may be joining us late. She had some things she had to take care of. And today, episode 51 of the Law Party Podcast, uh, this is why they told you uh, not to wait uh, until the last minute to do your homework. But you had seven years. So, uh, wait, it sounds as if we may have another guest. Uh, I am going to... uh, I'm going to stall momentarily. I'm going to guess it's and, uh, and no, we, we, we have a drink delivery. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> well, you can sit down and join it. Are you going to do the podcast for this thing? I just wanted to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> thus, thanks so much. Thus is the life at the Pendergast Club. Okay, so uh, first, uh, as we do uh, every week, we're going to start with uh, RIPs, and here's one that um, I was surprised because um, I would have thought that this person passed a while ago. Um, David Rockefeller, the uh, the patriarch of the Rockefeller clan, uh, passed I away. The patriarch, the modern. Patriarch. Yeah, the modern. Yeah, the modern patriarch of, of the uh, Rockefeller family uh, passed away at 101. Grandfather, or sorry, grandson yes, of John D. Rockefeller. Yes. Um, so, uh, money will buy you good health care. Uh, man, let me tell you, <laughs> money will buy you excellent health care. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, before we get too deep, uh, let's play a quick party game. Uh, so, what four words would you say to your 17 year old self? Dumbass. <laughs> Be the first thing I'd say to him. Do I have to say four words? For, uh, just only four words. Only four words. Uh, that's too many, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually thought about this one. I'll, 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 I'll even give you five words. All right, all right. If you pull head out of ass. Okay, that'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Don't get so drunk. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would say it'll always be okay. All right. And uh, mine is leave that girl alone. <laughs> <laughs> Can I amend and just join on yours? <laughs> leave that girl alone. All right. So here we go. Uh, before we uh, get to probably the more uh, looming uh, topic, which of course is the uh, the uh, American Healthcare Act uh, being put 
on indefinite hold. Uh, a couple things jumped up at me this week that I thought were, um, to say the least, a little disturbing. Not unprecedented, but a little disturbing. So first, uh, Ivanka's husband, Jason Kushner, uh, has been employed with the Trump administration, um, I, I want to say, as a special advisor. <clears throat> um, and now... His title changed today. Oh, did it? Yes. And what is his new title? Basically, he's a czar now. Gardener. For... <laughs> really. Basically, efficiency in government. I mean, he's, he's, his job is to take a business aspect look at government and see where, if I understood it right, now, I just heard it on the radio one time. Okay. But it's, it's, I'm not sure of the dead title. We could Google it up probably and find it pretty quick. But they, I think that's basically what it boils down to. Okay. Is that he's, he's there to you know, basically bring an aspect, business aspect to government, which, by God, we know government can use a business aspect to it because it is largest. And it is huge and duplicating, and there's areas where it can work very much more so efficiently. And I think that should definitely be one of the things that this administration should look at, ways to make things efficient. If I ran my business like the government runs business, I would have been out of business in about four days. They, they have a different set of responsibilities, which I always have a problem with this. And I think... Like you, in theory, uh, I wish the government would run like a business, and I'm with you on that. In practicality... But it's still government. I, I understand what you're and saying. The, and the, you're but right in that ass. I know where you're going. And it's not, because in practicality, what you cannot do... And I'll throw out the classic example. People go, oh, this $700 hammer. I understand the $700 hammer. The reason they were paying it was to make sure that there were still manufacturing jobs in the little, small, southern, shit-ass city that was making the $700 hammer and selling it back to the government. It kept all those people employed. It was pork. So, uh, you can say it was pork, but I, I would say it was jobs. It was a job program. And, mm -hmm. and, That's uh, what pork did, because it created jobs or so, created goodwill so, uh, towards the person that got it. So, here's... here's, here's well, Here's the other part of the prompt. So we would say, okay, let's let's pay four dollars a hammer. Let's close down that manufacturing plant. Get rid of those people who then go on unemployment. And then I know a lot of conservatives say, well, if you're on unemployment, you should be working on federal programs and stuff like that, like we did in the '30s with the Public Works Administration. Well, guess what we were doing in the Public Works Administration? It was nothing but pork to keep people working. So it's the same. It's just a circular argument. It is a thing where we're not really doing anything that is positive. Yes, we're paying $700 a hammer, I get it, but those people are staying gainfully employed and paying taxes and doing all the other things, and you did not just shut down a rural economy uh, for no reason. Um, and because you'd have to find another program. But there's another Otherwise, we would have had to find another program, a public works administration program, which, yes, I understand went out with the New Deal, but still exists today, basically. Uh, and we subsidize all this stuff. And what I find to be the most ironic thing is the biggest Republican voters are the farmers who take public subsidies. 
Really? You're a small government little farmer, but you... Might make a million dollars off of running your and CRV. You, and you just want the government to maintain how much soybeans you make and pay you for the rest. Oh, I, I, it's nonsense. But it's nonsense. Here's part of the problem public works with the hammer company. Hammer company and these type of companies. Yes, they're employing employees, but you know that palm's getting greased. Somebody's pocketing a shitload of money somewhere. Sure. Generally, yeah, generally the owner of the company and possibly even the congressman or somebody related to the congressman is, is turning around and pocketing that money in their back pocket in a heavy grease. Is that different than being greased well, by it, it the happens here in town. If you are a western Kansas farmer who gets paid to not plant crops, is that any different? I, I, I don't like that either. So I don't think that it's necessarily a corrupt government or a corrupt senator or a corrupt congressman. Well, I, I, I Listen, Bob Dole was one of the best at getting uh, federal money to come into this state. And he earned it over time and he kept Kansas as a fairly significant political uh, state for a very long time. Uh, but I would say, okay, yes, the farm subsidies, I did not think were probably correct. You know, at some point, if you're a free market person, you're a free market person. At the same time, he represented Kansas. So he represented his constituents. And beyond that, the other things that he did that outweighed it by far were the American Disabilities Act, in which I think everybody could sign on and say that was a brilliant act, uh, which made it possible for handicapped citizens in this country to be able to uh, work function, have access to buildings, do all the things that the rest of us can do. Um, so there's there's two sides to every coin on this. And this one I don't particularly mind. This one is not this one's not a big one to me. I do believe that government does have some waste and it, you'd be an idiot to think that. But what people call waste is going somewhere and sometimes that is what creates jobs and keeps cities alive. So I can give you examples of places in western Kansas that would be dead without farmer subsidies, and yet we then decry because all that's going to happen is corporate farm owners, uh, the Cargills and all those other people are going to come in and buy up that land, and now we're going to have nothing but corporate farming with genetic engineering on the food and everything else. I'm like, is that better? Is that, well, is that can, better? I don't you can know. look at it a lot of ways. We were building some houses in the 90s down here in our... In Kansas City Hood. And are we bettering the neighborhood because we're tearing down some crack houses and putting in a new house? That's a local and state issue. My, my thought is, issue. yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to be part of this. We're, we're doing some things. But it's a local and state issue, not a federal but, issue. But the I'm local politician the builders and all the people, developers involved with it, were sucking money out of it as fast as they could. But I'm talking at the federal level because the question well, is... Well, that's federal money coming in for that, too. It's, it's, addressing the federal, it's addressing the federal government and what they're doing and where they're spending their money. Very little of that money is actually done at a federal level. Most of it is done at a state and local level. And if you're a good politician and wants to make any money, you should say state and local because that's where you get all your graft money from in the first place. You know... Oh. So I got a question. I got a question. So I mean, you gotta agree with that. You've seen that a thousand times in your business, in construction. My God, what do you think they, that these? They're not negotiating the deals in D.C. They're negotiating the deals two blocks from here in stupid city hall. 
You yeah. know that. Yep. That's where yeah. the tax revenue comes from here. Oh, I understand. Believe me, you, power and light district would not have happened it's a piece of if, they, if they did it, cut a deal. And, and did the power and light district add into all this building we got going on around here? No. And yes, it did. I disagree. Yes, it did because it created a central axis. What about the $30, billion, uh, $30 million in bonds that we pay every year on it? So you think that we have made more than the bond payments? Because it's been a massive failure as a... Well, it's a massive generator. failure, but it spurred other things along. I'm not for it. I don't think you it was... You think it's made more than the $30 million that we have paid in bonds every year since it's been open, and you think it's made more than the TIF money that we gave out to the other developers who came in and said, here's a sweetheart deal in a city that's a sucker. It really certainly hasn't yet. Itself. It is not yet. But I don't know how many people did you bring downtown to get to work in Kansas City where they got to pay the 1% earnings tax, which is 40% of our budget. I, I'm not denying I that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Not that politically savvy about Kansas City and how they're collecting their taxes. I can tell you where AMC's located right now, and that's out in Leewood. Well, well Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Lopez was a friend of mine, and yeah. I, I understand why he went down there, and I know that Pete De Silva and all them sat down yeah. with him and tried to knock. They did everything get him out of downtown. To and then, of course, Jerry went down and got uh, his Chinese company well into. Well, and now, and you've seen that now he's gone. He's, he's with the extended state. Even America. beyond that, you've seen that Kansas has proposed a 3.5% flat, flat tax period. They're the, they're one of, and again, I'm not a Kansas fan, but what they have done is, is propose what really does need to be done. 3.8% flat tax. I thought it was 3.5, but it's Something like that. Yeah, we, we it's have, a flat we have. tax regardless of what you make in the state across the board, right. period. We had uh, Senator Julia Lynn, we sat down with her the other day, three of us did. And we talked, one of the things that got brought up is that flat tax. Well, God, this has to affect your she, she's, not, she's not dead sure. She's not dead sure it's a good thing or a bad thing. She's still tossing it around. I don't understand the, the negative side of the flat tax. Uh, when you can do your taxes on a postcard and literally mail them in, every country and every um, community that's, that's tried a flat tax, one, not only are the taxes simpler and your collections go way higher, your rate of returns are insane. So where you have all these people who now dodge taxes constantly, yeah, you can't dodge anything. You get no write-offs, you pay 3.8%, period, done. That gets into tax reform that we're trying to get done on the federal level. Now, where's that going to go? In every, in every country, it's turned out to be a 90-plus percent uh, rate of return on people filing their taxes correctly and legally and paying the money. Well, it simplifies it. it uh, it's how, easy how, how am I ever going to turn around as a business or you as a business and turn around and grab all of our tax paper and all the forms that we're supposed to have and sit down and look at it and figure it out? I can't do it. Well, I couldn't even come close. Dude, I'll tell you a true story. Like, and this is why one reason I sold part of my business was we had... We did not know that we were allowed to deduct, and our accountant did not know that we were allowed to deduct as a film production company uh, up to 9% of our income based on a manufacturing credit that was designed to keep jobs in America that California's getting their ass handed to them and lobbied to be have built film and video production as part of it. I got done not because it's a manufacturing credit. It sounds like it's for workers who work in car plants and they don't want their job to go to Mexico. 
she she had no idea. Well, so we uh, got our ass handed to us, and we were paying nine percent in extra tax. I, I had a similar situation. It's nonsense. I had a partner with one of the very affluent accountants here in town. Was my accountant, and she had worked her way up, and her rate got up to where it was like four hundred fifty dollars an hour or something, something insane. So I started looking for another account. I found a guy that had been in the corporate arena, had stepped out of, he's a little older, prices were reasonable. He went back through my stuff and found stuff that they were missing because she was too high up. All of her underlings, I had five or six people on my report sure. that were looking at and they were missing stuff. Saved me $5,000 right off the bat. We right off the bat. We estimated, so this law went into effect in 2005 under George Bush. I can tell you hundreds of thousands of dollars that we cannot reclaim because you can only file up to three years yep. of back taxes. Jeez, and yeah. we overpaid the federal government yep. and had no chance of getting back. Nope. Wow. And I lost a bunch, too. Mm. Yep. Sucks. I, I, thought so, I, had, I thought I had an ace in the hole and that knew what she was doing. And I'm with she, she was too busy taking care of the bigger clients. I'm too small. Highly recommend a person, same kind of thing. What the, the larger point is, and I think this gets back to your question, yeah. is this tax code is insane. insane. It does not work. Nope. It doesn't work at all. It is never going to work. Detrimental to the United States. And if you really wanted to help people make it easy, the compliance is easy. Everybody drives on the roads, everybody does everything. Listen, if you make $20,000 and you're paying 3%, that's the same as making, you know, $300 million and paying 3%. 3%. The so, amounts so, are different, but you're but using But the percentage the, is the same the across the board. Yeah. So how do you deal with the reality of the fact of this one fact with our tax code? Why is our tax code where it is? Why has it been written like it is? The progressive tax? Because, because of the lobbyist, for the accountants, for the tax lawyers, and all these people... That want this in place. I would say. I would say. I so, would make it so how do you get a flat tax when it pisses most of those people out I, of business? I, I well, well a, yeah, it's I, gonna, it's gonna I, it, hurt. It, it'll affect them, but I would make a very different argument, which is that is not why the progressive tax is in place. The progressive tax is in place because there's different times where you need to spur different parts of the economy, and so if construction is down, for example. You can put in deductions that encourage people to spend on housing, you know, which would directly which affect that or equipment deduction up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars every year. You can actually target a specific industry and say, okay, let's pass deductions for the film industry to encourage the production of films in the United States. Yada yada. Instead of just a blanket uh, flat rate, I still think the blanket flat rate works. And it works the best because what happens is you get more revenue coming in because more people comply with the tax law and you don't get the deductions and you don't certainly don't miss deductions because there are none, which is great. Uh, but it does go back to this entire point where you're talking about the fact that they're getting money for nothing and the government waste and looking at it like a business. Then actually look at it like a business. Now your costs. Yeah. If your costs are 3.8%, then congratulations. Let's collect 3.8% from everybody and just go on with life. Yeah. That's the simplest thing in the world. I mean, it's 3.8 or even 5% is yeah, less most, taxed than what most people most, pay now. Most, most countries are about 15%. Yeah. I mean, most most countries are run yeah. somewhere between 12 and 50% yeah. who do the flat tax. Yeah. And they're 
their rate of compliance is above 90% in almost every case. Yeah. No, Stacked. I fully agree. And everybody has skin in the game. Okay, so here's my... Here's my we'll get second, off the question a little bit. Yeah, well, here's my second not, question. Not uh, my second question about the same people. Um, so, with Ivanka and her husband being employed by the White House, um, one, they're not technically government employees. And two, with Ivanka anyway, uh, they'd be getting um, exorbitant security clearance to to not have an actual government job because neither one of them is taking a government salary. So first off, there's various levels of security clearance, so I don't know what level of security clearance she has. Yeah. I don't think well, now she doesn't have does. she doesn't have any now, but if she takes this new position, they were saying that she's that going to be getting she's going to be getting um, because she's going to she's going to be considered a special advisor to the president, which is which is a reasonable thing that every president has had. Yeah, so I guess Dick my... Morris was a special advisor to Bill Clinton. So, but I guess my question is the nepotism issue mm-hmm. with having your your child or, you know... And like I say, I know it's not unprecedented. I mean, I know, like, Kennedy had appointed his brother, you know, so I, you know, so... But, I, but it does... Uh, I think what disturbs me is... If you're not technically a government employee and you're not taking the salary, and what you're saying is, I'm going to voluntarily comply with the ethics necessary to do to do what I do. Does that mean that at some point you can say uh, what you're asking is stupid? I don't want to. I don't want to comply to that. Because you're not technically a government employee anyway. Yeah, you're not well, my boss. But 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 you're given but you're given security clearance. Wait, wait a second. You're, ma- you're making a huge leap in logic. No, no, no. I've li- I was. Wait, that, wait. This is exactly. Well, no, no, no. Hear me out. In this sense, yeah. Security clearance means many, many, many different things. There are many you levels know, of a security. I, that's clearance. what I'm saying. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. Just to say security clearance, you're acting like she's getting the nuclear codes and she can set up a war if she wants to. Well, no, no, I don't I, believe what that. What I'm saying is she's probably getting the very minimum level yeah. of security clearance secret. in order to get in and out of the White House without having to be frisked every time and do all that crap. You know, she's not going to be getting super special. Well, yeah, just saying. I think her dad will frisk her. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. That's a little bit Okay. Now, that's a good one. Now, let me ask you this. So, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, Warren Bush, did they all have security clearances? Everyone. Well, the first lady, yeah. First lady always does. And fairly kick. When you have Billary, how, how, much, how much involved was Hillary with Billary? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she was massively involved. Massively involved. You know, so you have to... But, 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 but the First Lady has a role in the government. Mm-hmm. She didn't have an official role. Well... She drafted the health care bill that failed. Yeah, true. And true. She, she had no official government role other than she was spearheaded that movement. That was it. She had no title. She had no anything. 
her first real government job was when she became the senator from New York. That was it. So uh, he just put her in charge of it. A few brains and that was all. So, it's, and, it, and it could be that I've watched way too many episodes of House of Cards. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> have you been watching Madam Secretary too? Now I'm starting to worry about you. Uh, no, I have not been no, watching Madam Secretary. Good. But uh, House of Cards is really good. You should watch it on Netflix. While um, we're on the subject of Jason Kushner, or yeah. sorry, Jared Kushner is actually yes, his name. actually. Um, Jared Kushner, uh, I, I, I allegedly um, had on or, uh, meetings with a a huge bank in Russia right. that was uh, under sanction. Correct. Since the invasion of Crimea, right? Uh, yes, and there's a uh, belief, if not certainty, that a lot of Trump's loans came from this bank in Russia. Yeah. Yes. Which it could be a huge. I, I've said the entire time. I think Trump will be impeached because of these relations with Russia that will eventually come out yeah. and prove that, it, that it, what he did was completely, not only unethical, but treasonous. And I, I do believe that he will be impeached. I have never wavered from that fact. Yeah, I, uh, I just that you, have, you said that from the, from yeah, the get-go. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't yeah. necessarily agree with you. Yeah, but I, I think some people don't are, think you are gonna, staying true to your form. Some people don't think he'll last a don't think he'll time. last a year. Mm -hmm. I think he'll make it a year and get impeached. Because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, be, because I think unlike unlike the Clintons that. Uh, knew the political process backwards and forwards um, and could avoid the fire mm -hmm. even even through you know you know thickening smoke um, he, he doesn't know the political process cool. so First so, off, there's proof that the Clintons met with the Russians too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, not yeah, saying that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. I guess the uranium. Let's not get away from that fact. That and the happened. uranium sale was a big deal. That but, happened, but but it, it was quasi legal and it passed muster to a degree. What I would say is, uh, you are going to need to make a Trump affiliate flip in order for this to happen because the wiretaps as they stand now, regardless if he was wiretapped or not. Mm -hmm. They're not legal because the law reads that once you know an American is, especially an American uh, diplomat or politician or anything like that, is talking with a Russian official, you have to immediately cease recording. And what the Trump campaign does have on their site is a bunch of illegal transcribed conversations that should never have been legally recorded in the first place. And I think you could make a very good case if you're the Trump administration that those are illegal and would never be admissible evidence. So you need somebody to flip on them at some point and go, okay, here's what really happened. Yeah. And, but, but, but I don't know that that's going to happen. But why, why do, you, do you think he'll become, in your opinion, let's say he became impeached. Don't you think it's still... Impeachment is not being... It's still... It's, 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 it's just still means you're brought a group Trump. of people that will always be doing everything they can to tear him down to get him impeached. Well, they will be looking at everything single thing possible to yeah. get to get him impeached. But that's what every even if does. he was doing good things, they would continue to try to get him impeached. Well good things is always a matter of opinion. 
and good things. I have a little bit of a problem with that. I, I, well, I mean, you I, had I people wanting wanted to impeach Obama, but it was but there was nothing to drag him through impeachment on. Naturally, they tried to. I mean, like, don't tell me there weren't groups looking for anything and everything. Oh, and, and every charge yeah. against. But him. they didn't have the force of the media behind. Them. Well, and don't forget Bill Clinton. But was, I think, but honestly, I think that's impeached. Trump's fault too. I think. Okay, so. You, look, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that the you know that legitimate media sources are are fake news, and you can't kick people out of sure, their. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying the adversarial relationship that he has with the media is partially his fault. It's only adversarial with networks that don't like him. It's well, great I, networks that like him. Yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm saying, but. With other presidents, they didn't try to kick them out of the of the press briefings. That is not in now. Reality. Now what? what now what they did that, do that, was that, not. That's an they they, skip, they, they skirted the questions. No, they didn't call on reporters from. Well, okay, but I get, but I, but it's a big difference between you know, Miss President, Miss President, Miss President, and you just never call on them. And to, no, not you. Not no. Stop. Shut up. Not you. And and because of the way he's behaved, I think the media has really gone after him in a way that they may have backed down some. I won't say they would back down. I disagree. I won't say they were going to back down all the way. They were never going to back down. The media has doubled down their efforts to find something, and I'm okay with that because I think he's a dirtbag. I think he lied and cheated his way in the Yeah, I think he's a con. I think he's a horrible president, and I think he is going to drive this country into the ground. Or possibly start a war, which I do not want. <laughs> Either way, because uh, I still maybe have draftable age. I hope not, but it would be fun to serve in the army. I disagree with that. But, I think I think that's an extreme view. But what I, what I would say is, every president, and I will I'll give him credit. He's actually called on Sean Spicer. Only calls on friendly people. President True. Uh, President uh, what's the fuck his face Trump has actually called on some reasonably difficult reporters and got into arguments with them. And do I like the way he handled the arguments? No, because I thought they were unpresidential. Yeah. But no, okay, I get it. I get it. But he's not going to be presidential because that's not who he is. No, he's a. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't expect Trump host. to be presidential anymore. I'm not after Trump to be presidential. I'm after Trump to be able to try to state himself. To where this is what I believe and this is what I'm after. I think Spicer's, you gotta admit, Spicer's press conferences are who? But you, you, you got it. <laughs> they are, they're a hoot, man. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're, I, they're worth listening to. They're hilarious, but at the same time, watch their, but exactly. You they're hilarious, so but it's like for the watching him argue, literally argue with the press for the entire press conference is, it, it, it's just, it, so it's good a, at it. it is demeaning to the president. It, it's horrible. And there, I, I mean, the best one of all time was the one where he, for 30 minutes, defended the fact that they were going to press the travel ban and everything. Yeah. And they were absolutely, we are going to petition this to Supreme Court. And then an aide hands him a note, which he just reads that says, we're withdrawing the travel ban and we will rewrite the law and reapply it. <laughs> like, Jesus yeah, right. Wow, he's tripling down. You don't do on that to your press secretary in no. the middle of a <laughs> fucking speech. You don't do that to him. Like, I'm, kind, 
I'm kind of so surprised dumb. Spicer hasn't hasn't resigned yet. To tell you the truth, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want the aggravation. I think he loves it. I wouldn't want the aggravation. No, I think he loves it. I think I think dude's totally into it. I think he feels like an idiot most days. And gets no information and is handed stupid fucking notes on a note card that says everything you just said for the last three minutes you decided to retract. And you're going to be the one who takes the blame for looking like an idiot. Well, he's done a good job of Is Sean Spicer married? I don't know. No, That's a good question. He has to like go home to his wife and be like, you know what shit they tried to do to me today? <laughs> you Can you believe right. this? You know, you're totally like, right. You're like, I was up there, I said this, and then he has me a goddamn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine this. Imagine having drinks with your buddies and just going, my God, that guy fucked me over so bad today. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so dumb today. Like, how long oh, can I keep God. doing this? Yeah, yeah no, the like, like, oh, man, hey, get get him a drink now. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> on me. That dude needs a double and yeah. on, the, on <laughs> the double. Okay, so I got another question about is not necessarily nepotism, but um so what do we think about Kellyanne and her husband both work for the administration as well? I don't know problem. Yeah, at this yeah, point. They have no problem. That'd be disqualified. Uh is it? Yeah. Uh look at my <laughs> I don't know much about you. I think she's qualified. Qualifies anybody else in government nowadays. I also believe she is very qualified, and I think she's getting a bad rap for things that they are putting her out there to try to spin. Yes, uh, because of her media background. I mean, she's look. I she will give her one thing. Um, I um, I don't like her. I don't like her face. I wish she would <laughs> shut up and go away. But. She's goddamn good at what she does. And she, can, she was a woman manager she can, of a campaign. She can spin. She no can clip. spin anything. Should have lost. She can spin anything. She, she uh, well, I'll put that. She can deflect anything. Let, let me give this. I put like that. I would say this. I think a lot of her quotes get taken out of context. We've talked about this before. So, for example, when they said, "Oh, she was promoting Ivanka's." Uh, you know, merchandise on a television show. That wasn't remotely... I mean, it was an offhanded comment. And... No, it wasn't remotely the context of the conversation. No, it the wasn't. Context, That's what I'm saying. It the was context just, uh... of the conversation was that stores were banning her line just because she was President Trump's daughter. And she said, we should all go out and buy her stuff because... These stores are being her for political reasons. That was it. She 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 wasn't doing some infomercial. It's not Lori Griner from Shark Tank. No, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. And I get that. I get that. And I think it was insanely unfair the way they treated her. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily. The sitting on the couch thing. I don't necessarily a break. You know, she sat on the couch with her legs. Well, so effing what? Do you know how many pictures they had of Obama kicking back on the couch with with his legs? Putting his feet up on the desk and everything. Everybody. He's a very casual man. He was. He would relax himself. And this is one reason I love Obama. Like he was just a dude. Just a dude. Just so he was out playing golf in shorts. Really? Yeah. Like so what? I slip out and play golf all I can. George Conway got his bachelor's at Harvard, and he's got a juris doctor from Yale. Yeah, I'd say he's probably not a dumbass. He's not dumb. No, okay, all right. He's pretty cool. I give you the not a dumbass. I give you that. Yeah, because I'm because I'm getting a little too used 
to the mm-hmm. dumbass appointments. Yeah. That so when you get oh, one that sure. it, so that when you get one is not a dumbass, you're like, oh okay, so he's not a dumbass. You're All surprised right. and yeah, <laughs> you have to actually call it up on the Googles to make sure that it's right. Mm-hmm. Go, God, you're you're not dumb. You're not a dumbass. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so that brings us to the main topic. This is a big one. The American the American Healthcare Act oh, has been put on put on indefinite hold. Okay, well, yeah, this is big time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've got one more, of course. Uh, I think the next one is the biggest. It's one probably the biggest one of all. Yep. But, uh, but before we get to uh, the biggie, the American Healthcare Act being put on hold. So I was. Uh, oh God, I think I I think it was either. Um, the Daily Show or um, good source of news. Yeah, well, it's a good source of comedy. I don't know if it's a good source of news. <laughs> uh, it was either the Daily they, Show. They did their homework. It's where yeah. more millenniums get their news than they are. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Which is alarming. Yeah, which is actually very alarming. Um, I, I can't remember if it was him or if it was uh, uh, Bill Maher, one or two. But the joke was um, that. You know, basically, you know, the Republicans uh, made this made this sandwich. They tried to make it as appealing as possible, but the main ingredient instead of meat was turd. <laughs> and they tried to get the rest of the Republican Party to eat this shit sandwich, <laughs> and then they said, "Hell no, <laughs> we're not eating." Now, let's yes. just think about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. What happened is not a bad thing. I don't think it is. It's actually a a very good thing. Okay? Because what really needs to happen in this is that the government has to start to realize that if we're going to have a government-run plan, that has to work for the people. Uh Now, Obamacare is not working for the people. It's not. Yeah, okay. I think there are parts of it, it, it that are. Business, there are definitely parts that in my business. Be just, just fixed. Re- this take, this take. I'll take a little personal deal here recently. My wife has severe arthritis in her knees. Okay, so we've been with Humana. Mm-hmm. I get Humana through my business. All right, so I give Humana business because I sign people up. Right. Okay. Well, my employees and myself and my my spouse and some of their spouses. So. We, we get all this done. Now, Humana is one of these insurance companies that bought into us along with United Healthcare, and they lost a hell of a lot of money. So now, Humana has hired an independent third-party agency so that every time you need a drug, the doctor prescribes her Celebrex in this case, which is the top drug to be able to help counteract her inflammation due to arthritis. Mm-hmm. Well, this third party now comes through and says, well, we don't think you need Celebrex. We think you need this generic over here. All right? When she went for shots in her knees to give the gel injection, it took took them, including the doctor and his staff, over three months to be able to get these shots approved, and what they got approved was the lesser treatment. Not the good treatment. Didn't do jack shit. Okay. All right. So, this is the as what's happened with Obamacare. 
if I did not get insurance through my business and Michelle and I had to pick up insurance by ourselves in the state of Missouri, we have one carrier, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And Obamacare. There, there's, and mul- Obamacare. there's multiple choices under in the state of Missouri. But if we didn't want more Obamacare, we had one carrier. Sure. All right. So this, this has failed in a lot of ways. So what they really need to do, in my opinion, is to be able to start reaching across the aisle to the Democrats. They need to go find out what the Freedom Caucus wants and be able well, to go back to their constituents and come up with a plan that works for the American people. There's way too many problems. Well, the problem with the, what the Freedom Caucus and wants... It's, and it's very is, complicated. Is, is the Freedom Caucus doesn't want... They don't want any of it. They want a free market. That, yeah, they that, want a, that's, that's, they they want a completely free market. They don't, not, want, they don't exactly want free existing true. conditions. Not exactly true. What they didn't want was they didn't want an expansion of Medicaid, to be perfectly honest. So, hey, so they said any expansion of Medicaid, which this bill would have done, right. they were not in favor of. Okay. So that, that's not entirely accurate. They just did not want an expansion of Medicaid because Medicaid goes to the states as a block grant. Block grant, right. And so you have to do with, make do with what you get. It's the same as education. You get a block grant, you make do with what you get. Uh, so I would say... I do not think Obamacare has been a failure. I've already outlined the three things that I thought were a failure about it. Yeah. And I wish they would just address those things. And they could have done it in one foul swoop and it would have been done. But Obamacare is not bad. Uh, it, it, it's flawed, but it's not bad. With the flaws, to me, though, anyway. The flaws are exceptionally fixable. Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast. The Majestic Restaurant and Pendergast Club, carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery, whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bolin, managing to keep the podcast going, apparently wealthy or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. Again, interstate commerce which is a huge one. Yeah. Make sure that all pre-existing conditions are still allowed under whatever policy that you go right. on, mm-hmm. no matter what. 26-year-old. And, and curb tour farm. That's it. If you just got the lawyers out of the mix and curb punitive damages, then you would be fine. Then that is a health care that everybody can live with because the, the insurance companies want it. Because they thought everybody's going to have to sign up now. We're going to get a lot more money. What they found was that the people that were signing up or all of a sudden were super fucked up and like, shit, this is costing us a lot of money. Right. <laughs> but if you can offset that by selling across state lines, you're going, okay, Absolutely. I'll sell in a healthier state and I will make my business There's more a huge proponent of that. And again, Medicaid does not pay out what they are supposed to. Right. Medicaid pays out 26 cents on the dollar on average. It's wrong. It's completely wrong. This is why we have $20 aspirins when you're in the hospital. You know, it's nonsense. And the tort reform makes you go through rounds and rounds and rounds of examinations. And again, I'm not one for personal stories, but I, since you hear uh, I, and, I, and I have more in that aspect. My brother threw my brother towards ACL in Mexico, mm-hmm. paid $2,000, had the surgery. Uh, guy fixed it, American doctor. Who was just down there on vacation, right. and went back and said, "Yeah, 
went to a Mexican hospital, maybe she had this checked out. Right. They ran up a an plus thirty thousand dollar bill on him Jesus. to go to specialists who said exactly what the Mexican doctor said. He's like, Yeah, your surgery looks really good, just to have your vapor level off. And that was all they said. The one of the problems too is, is the regulation that the doctors are under. Because for every doctor, it takes twenty-five to thirty-five administrators to get through the red tape and all the BS. Well, that part's true. Very so true. you have you have things that have to change, and they have to really sit down and have a real consensus. And in my opinion, it takes both parties. Um, <coughs> I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Trump, Trump is willing. Is really has I now reached willing. out and said, "I, I want to go talk to the Democrats, yeah. take a volunteer, whatever you guys. We got to find a way to make this work." Yeah. And, I, and I think Trump would do a good job at this. You and this I is, talked This is times. one of the things that he has a skill in. This is the Bob Dole Tip O'Neill moment where you need to get together and just force something to happen. You know, they. The problem was they knew that they would never get the sixty votes in the Senate. It never would have happened. That's what it required. Which is why they pulled it from from a vote in the yeah, first place. Yeah, the House Republicans. Yeah, they knew they weren't going to get it. The House so Republicans. So that was really a smart thing that they pulled it. No, I think no, I think I think they, they did mistake. the right thing in pulling it. Giant mistake. Giant mistake. No, why, why, why do you think? Why do you think? Because I think in this sense you could have forced a vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you were elected on the basis of repeal and replace Obamacare, which they say over and over and over again, you could have forced the hand of people that did not want to do that. So you would have made them go on record and say, okay, I'm voting for Obamacare, or I'm voting not for Obamacare. But Listen, would, I, I did not like the bill that was written, but what you do, like it what, what you do a million times in, in Congress is... You make up a shitty bill and just force people to take a stand one way or the other. So well, they did with Obamacare. Yes, they did. Well, see, yeah, they, they forced them to make a stand. That's exactly yeah. what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to I'm, vote for but it. But it got partisan. It, it was boom, boom. But I think the reason it got partisan was, was very different than the reason it is partisan now. Okay, so it was they, they, they took 13 months to craft... Even what Obamacare is now, and sure. and it's not perfect, but so in sixty days they tried to draft something because no, no. they because they didn't start right. They, they've they been trying to repeal years. it for seven years, yeah, seven they, years to come up with a plan. But but that they didn't bad. start even trying to write it till he got elected. And more than that, when I people forget it was, it was Justice Roberts, a Republican nominee. Yeah. Uh, who was now the Chief Justice of the United States, but was appointed under Bush? Yeah. Uh, who said, actually, it's perfectly legal because it's a tax, and this is what you want your Supreme Court nominees to do: is to be impartial, yeah. and fair. Which kind of leads into your next question because it's interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, because Supreme Court nominees are known for being highly unpredictable. Yes. And you have no idea what the hell they're going to do. And one of the, my favorite things that uh, Grish did when he was uh, being questioned by Diane Feinstein was he had this reputation for always voting for large corporations over the little people. Mm-hmm. And she said, "You, this is your knowledge. And he said, no, I can give you 16 cases, I believe was the number, where I voted for the little person on the company 
and uh, put in the place a lot. She goes, well, okay, I'll give you a day to write them up and give us a list. She goes, no, I'll just talk to you right now. And he rattled <laughs> off the list off the top of his head mm-hmm. just about the cases where he said, no, these cases were wrong, and these are the cases where I voted for the person for this reason. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a pretty powerful moment for a guy who I think will turn out to be a very, very, very strict constitutionalist Yeah, uh, who will vote not on party lines. He will vote on what the merit of the law is. And I like that. And that's one reason I respect Judge Roberts quite a bit. While I disagreed with Obamacare being passed into law, the way that it was written was correct. And he had no other choice other than to say it was passed as a tax. Because if you look at the way it's written... It is a tax penalty that you get okay. as opposed to anything else. He was right. By the IRS. Yes. He was right by the way that it was written. Yeah, the way so that you had the law was I respect him a billion percent for that, and that must have been hard as shit for him to do. So before we go to the next point, um, any other points on real, the American Empire? Real quick on this. Yeah. The, the, the main thing that I really think that the representatives and senators need to do is they need to really start going out and talking to doctors. They need to really go out and start take their time. This doesn't have to happen next month. It can, no. it can happen next year. Take your time to go out and get a real consensus. Get the people together. If Trump has done one thing well, he brings people into his office. He had a bunch of, of women business, small business women owners mm-hmm. in his office today. He brings people in and talks to them. All right? True. Because he doesn't know all these things. He had a bunch of women CEOs from health companies in not too long ago. So, he, you know, he, he'll work with women, he'll work with men, he'll work with anybody to get the information that he needs to get. But this is where they need to go. They need to go out there and say, what are the real solutions to the problems? What, can, what do we have to do to make this work? It's, a, it's, it's such a huge, complicated thing. It's so much, uh, what was it, 19% of our economy? Yeah. Is, is how... And, you know, we can find a way to make this work into a capitalist system with having the social programs that are necessary to take care of the people that need to be taken care of. I've always believed this, but it, they need to really honestly go out and find a way that it's actually going to work for the people that have to implement it. What are you thinking, Ben? I see, I see your brain turning over there. No, it's... Uh... It's nothing, actually. I'm good on this. Okay. I don't feel educated enough about this subject to be able to offer input. All right. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I, you know, I'm, the I, only other thing I will say, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've, you've heard me say this before, is that we should have a single-payer tax system that handles all people. But if you are of, of, of industrial sense and you work for your living and you want to buy better health care as a supplement to that system? Yes. Yeah. Now, I, I have trouble seeing how that wouldn't work. Now, to me, that's how the system is probably best set up. That's a common sense system. If, if you set up the system where to me, where here here is a blanket that will work for the general for population. the general population, but if you um, have the money and want to buy 
a uh, a more robust uh, insurance plan, knock yourself out. <laughs> like, and, you, and you get the benefits from that. Plan, yeah, which absolutely. Better care, more private service. Look, just as we as we started off talking about David Rockefeller, uh, you know, money can buy you some hell of a health care. And, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. America is built on that premise. If, if you if you have the means, then and you've worked hard for it, well, then you have every right to go do that. You don't you don't have to to be. The same as the person who doesn't have those means or necessarily even aspires to have those means. I do think the sad part is Obamacare failed to help the people that it was supposed to help. It is too expensive for people who cannot afford it um, and they don't get the quality of care. And that's where I think the failure was. And I think you could fix that failure very, very, very easily. I found the tax very disturbing because so many of my my workers ended up paying the tax, and they still want to get health care. They still there was nothing there. The plans are horrific. It it was it was that that part, in my opinion, was a real. The mandate was a total failure, in my opinion. Yeah, I think what I I think when they were drafting it. I don't think the assumption was that the healthcare, the insurance companies would draft special plans that they would give to the exchangers. I think they thought they would use the plans that were on the books. I can't believe that they would be that stupid because they actually engaged quite a bit the insurance companies. No, they did. They did. And they were after seeing what I would say is, they want Phil, I do believe if that. If you know insurance companies, they do everything based on risk. So this is why actuarials exist. Um, and once you increase your risk, because they did not allow interstate commerce to mitigate the risk, and they did not allow tort reform to mitigate the risk, because both of those are two enormous democratic philosophies, uh, all of a sudden, if you're going to take on somebody who has diabetes and all this other shit and people who are at risk and all this other stuff, you, you have to be able to mitigate your risk as an insurance company. This is how they live. You know, yeah. so... Which is why I am a... Which is why I am a massive fan of uh, single payer. And I really think that you know, like you say, it may not be the best plan for David Rockefeller. But... If you've got a single-payer plan that can do what it needs to do for the general population... Yes, we're talking great right in Canada because they'll come to the U.S. to get their health care. Well, and, 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 which is exactly what I'm saying, though. It's, I think for the average person, for the average illness, Canada's plan is fine. But for those who are like, shit, I need more... They wind up. They do wind up coming down here, and and uh, and but they come and, here because we're a country of innovation who leads the world uh, truly in medical technology, medical advancement, uh, and better services, better care, everything else. You go to a single payer system, all yep. that goes away. No, all that goes away. You're taking away everything that's good about our current plan and saying, okay, people are still going to do that. And like, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. We will just become another European society where healthcare is shit. You wait months to see a doctor. 
if you can get to see a doctor at all. No, your basic uh, health care is taken care of, but your major health care. Well, and I think that's what I mean. That, and I think problem. that's what I mean. Well, we in America we already have it. We we already have the minute clinics, Walgreens, CVS, yeah, freaking Walmart. Everybody else has all that stuff in place. If you have a cold, go there. Everybody already knows that. So it's when you go to the hospital for major care that you really need, which is what Obamacare was supposed to address, right? It ended up being a massive failure because the people who it was supposed to protect and who needed the insurance in case of catastrophic illness, and let's be honest, there are different different ethnicities and different groups and different types of people who have major, major health concerns beyond what is disproportionate to the rest of the yeah. society. Yeah. So I would say African-American men suffer from heart disease far more than the rest of the population does on a disproportionate level. That is a catastrophic illness. And you're taking that group and saying you need to pay a shit ton of money for insurance that you can't afford. And when it comes time to collect on that insurance, it's expensive as hell. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Every single <coughs> ethnicity group has a weird... Anomaly that is particular to them. To them, yeah. you know, and so it, it's hard. You have to balance all these things out. But I, I will say, I think it, I think it disadvantaged the people who needed it the most. And my, my foreman, who do well, I pay my foreman. They make between fifty and sixty thousand a year. Okay, which yeah. nice middle class income. It's not upper middle class, just middle class. Yeah. And nowadays, it's not it's hard to struggle to stay middle class. Yeah. Under Obamacare, their deductibles became higher than the $6,000 out of pocket that I was offering for my insurance. Where the younger, the younger employees were basically being given that supplement by those higher incomes. So, it could have took care of my younger employees, right. but screwed the shit out of the people that no, really they needed that. And, and also, they're getting older. You know, these guys, they're, they're forming. They're 40, 50, even 60 years old. Right. And all of a sudden, you're looking at their deductibles, and it's insane. But we have stuff in place it, that It's not even a catastrophic plan anymore. It's just insane. If you took advantage of the stuff that's already in place, like HSA programs and things like that... Then you'd be ideal, uh, an ideal candidate for an HSA. Okay. You know, I mean, you get to put away the money tax-free, and you get to use it when you need it, and if you don't use it, it rolls HSAs. Over. I mean, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. I yeah, want HSAs. I've been... Yeah, I think you get up to, what is it, 6000 a year or something like yeah. that. You, you, realize, away you realize, under, under Obamacare, if I set up an HSA for my employee, I was, I was going to be fined. Mm-hmm. That was in Obamacare. Sure. I could not set up an HSA. It, it, they did not. Uh, what, because oh, no, you're no, no, a small no, business. That's a, that's a fact. Is it because you're a small business? Because Be- we have an HSA. Because they're not yeah, I think it is. Because we can't have the, one either. It's the it's number, number of employees. employees. I'm sorry. No, number of employees. Mm-hmm. Under fifty employees. That makes sense. I guess. You know, so they. So they, the, let me ask you, because Ben is the clearly the I think the youngest person here who would have more. Because I'm interested in your generation's experience on this. One, I don't even know if you have health insurance, and if you do, I don't. 
See, this I is, specifically chose not to because it is so much cheaper for me to just take the hit. It's my biggest fear in the world for guys like you. That uh, yeah. And this is what Obamacare was supposed to fix, and it didn't, it didn't fix it. And the penalty was so low that it's better to pay the penalty than to actually pay to the Absolutely. By, so, by far. Unless something happens. Yeah. And my biggest fear on earth is that something catastrophic were to happen to you, which would bankrupt Me you. Me too. And so you're making people take a, 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 a huge risk that is unnecessary. Yep. Whereas if you made just affordable insurance, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it would be well worth your time. Oh yeah. And, and again, I th- I also am a true believer. Last last thing I will ever say on this, uh, there are affordable insurance policies out there that are private insurance policies. It is at some point and I've said this before. I know a lot of 20-year-olds who manage to pick up all kinds of bar tabs but don't want to pay for their insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they have cable, they can fly around, they want to go on vacations, they want to walk and shit, they just don't want to pay for insurance. And so I'm like, well, at some point it's a trade-off, it's a personal choice. And I completely agree. Your choice is your choice. I mean, yeah. you can do whatever you want with it, but uh, don't tell me that insurance is unaffordable when you're picking up a bar tab every every weekend and one weekend's bar tab would pay for your entire month's I, I insurance. Would, I would love to be able to pay 75% of all my employees' insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best benefit I could give them. Yeah. But they got to make it affordable enough where it doesn't bankrupt me as a company We paid 100%. to be able to do it. We paid 100% of everybody's health insurance, period. And there is a law out there that says... My, in my business, the margins aren't there to do it. What, what I would say is if you, if you looked into some of the laws, there's a law out there that says if you pay 100% of all, of all the medical expenses for your employees, they all become tax deductible. So you can't just pay the premiums. You also have to pay if somebody breaks their leg, if they have a baby, you got to do all that. But we did, and it actually saved us a shit ton of money. Because we had a very young workforce. Now your workforce might be different because they My might be a little is much older. older workforce I was going to say they might be a little older, so that would become pretty expensive to do. You know, I have two foremen in their sixties. I have most of my foremen in their fifties. But you have two months at the start of every year yeah. to declare. Those rates are insane. I mean, Michelle and I pay fifteen hundred dollars a month for well, let's say our insurance with six thousand dollars out of pocket a piece. What I what I would say, and I'm not your financial advisor, so what, but what I would say is. <coughs> if you looked into it and said, okay, I'm going to cover all the premiums and I'm going to go to nothing but catastrophic insurance, and we'll do that. And if somebody gets into a problem, then we will try to pick that up. That is a very legal and tax deductible scheme that might be able to save we're, you some money. We're literally waiting till next year to see. I stayed with the existing plan that I had, and we're waiting till next year. To kind of see what's wrong. I mean, we're we're on a year-to-year basis right now on, on what, what things are. I got a friend of mine who's a flat worker, and he offers 75%. And he's maintained a, a good workforce because of it. The only problem with that is that you have to, the employees have to declare the other 25% as income to them. And uh, that they have to pay taxes on that, which sucks. I will also say this. If, if I want to pay that much of their insurance... I'm also not going to give them as high as a wage. This there, there's, this a balance, the there, there's a balance in there, and that's the and, and that's tough for them to understand sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That is absolutely the flip side of the argument. Is the, the more balance that you pay out as a company. When it comes down to your bottom line of what your net profit is, right. what your business should make, or what you're putting into you're it. You're absolutely right. And everybody can live with a certain amount of labor percentage, but you live within the labor percentage. And right. That's and, they, and that's what it is. All, all right, right. So, Marty, one next one. All right. So, uh, last but Sorry. not least, uh, the thing that could affect us for more years to come than not, the Supreme Court. Uh, so, uh, if I am not mistaken, uh, the Gorsuch uh, vote has been put off for another week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Democrats want to look further look further into Gorsuch, um, but it seems as if I There's I, I haven't seen anything that's going to. Stop Gorsuch from he's going to be nominated from 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 getting the nomination. Now, I will say, I will say that yes, I still do believe that, uh, and I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot of the the Democrats are at this point going on principle that um, Obama's nominee was never yeah. was never brought up for his hearings. Um, should never have had to been. Yeah, but with uh, with things being what they are, you know, Gorsuch is the nominee that is in front of them. And from what I can tell, following you know, following the hearings, I haven't heard anything that's going to keep him from being nominated. No, that makes sense there. And I, I again go back to the Constitution that says. That Congress has the right to advise and consent, and that is all. They can say, we like him, we don't like him, think about these things, but they don't truly, honestly, it's a fairly recent thing where they have approval power over this, whereas prior to that, it was a presidential appointee who was just put into office. Advise and consent is the language in the Constitution, and while the president's starting under Theodore Roosevelt in particular, mm-hmm. have massively expanded presidential power to do all kinds of stuff that they're not legally supposed to be able to do. Right. Uh, the Congress has done their fair share of trying to reclaim power and say, actually, we get to approve your nomination. And that's not actually true either. They only get to advise and consent on a nomination and so it's it's an interesting thing, uh, especially as a Republican. I know you were too, uh, uh, and I, I guess I'm probably far more independent than not. But uh, more independent than you think I am. I, I know you are, and and you you've come down on many sides of different different coins on issues. But this is one where I have a really hard time with. Uh, I thought it was completely wrong that the Republicans the Republicans didn't need the whole Congress. Uh, or sessions on it. Uh, Obama, if he was smart, said, okay, you've advised and considered and said nothing. So I'm just going to appoint him anyway. So screw off. You know, like, and he would have won the case at the Supreme Court. You know, and that would have been fine. It may have taken a little while. But uh, they have no right to appoint the nominee and approve them. They don't, we don't need their approval. Honestly. They're, they're just there to give advice. Yeah, I wonder and why he didn't it. do that. He was trying not to. 
Yes, no, you're you're absolutely right. It that there was the the way that it had been done for several years prior, and that um, since probably Theodore Roosevelt, things have kind of gone. Um, and I also think if you assert that sort of power, the other side is going to take something back from you. Okay. So these executive orders that get nominated all the time and get approved, they're just a joke. I mean, they're a joke. The president really doesn't have the authority to issue these executive orders yeah. that become law for no reason during the time that they're president. And, and they could be wiped out by the next guy in two well, seconds. And they are. I mean, yeah, <laughs> often they are. They are. All of Obama's executive orders on my, those. My, my point about course is joke. Let, let's reverse the rules. Okay. Okay. Obama's going to be the next president. Okay. Trump's the president, but Obama was president. And Trump knows he's out, and he puts Gorsuch in, and it's a Democratic-controlled Senate and House. Don't think the same thing's going to happen? You think they're going to vote Gorsuch in? No, they're going to wait for Obama to fit their guy in because they want the thing. It would the same exact thing would have happened if you reversed the rules. I don't disagree with that. What I am saying that, is that, but that's that, it's, that, it's, that's it's, the true bottom line of everything. I, right I don't disagree. Constitutionality, all the stuff. They are not going to approve Merrick. It's not that they have a chance role. to get their thing in. It's become so political. They don't actually have the right the Supreme to approve. Court. It's very political. They don't have the right to approve. They have the right to consent and advise. Exactly. That is it. And that's so all they one, do. At one point, a president is going to challenge this. And people forget FDR tried to stack the Supreme Court and make it 13 justices so he get everything he wanted passed. And that was denied. So, uh, because Congress doesn't have the right to do that, and then neither well, does the president. America was kind of interesting. He's not a, he's not a Ginsburg, he's not a Sotomayor. No, he wasn't really. He was kind of a middle of the road guy. Yeah, yeah. Which is and which why. Which Obama was real smart to which try is, to throw that in there. Which is why I really, you know, think that a lot of uh, the Democrats are kind of holding that grudge. Right. It's, 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 it's because a grudge. it's you know because it, it wasn't a liberal judge. No, he was real pissed. That's and, uh, all. and yeah, I mean, and 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 I actually do understand why they're pissed, but. I, I guess to they're pissing in the wind. Is I what guess there to, are. <laughs> I thought that's the only piss they have is they're pissing in the wind because it ain't going to happen. I thought Obama did a very good job of picking a candidate that would have been acceptable to everybody, uh, and had previously been acceptable to everybody, and all of a sudden out of nowhere is not acceptable. It was to because anybody. he chose him. If, if Trump I, had picked Mary, I, I think I, he would have got approved. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 What I would say, I, is I, I agree. If you look at the history of nominees. They do not vote the way you think they're going to. Again, Roberts, I, perfect example. I, I was just going to say, Roberts is maybe the most recent classic example of passing Obamacare and putting it in a lot, finding the loophole that it was a tax. Yeah, and, def- and, and defending it. And his philosophy has always been, and I like him for this, He's a strict constitutionalist. He, he, he voted said, what the law said. It did. And then I think what I think Gorsuch is a similar individual. I would agree. I do really believe that he will be a good I Supreme so. Court justice. I think so. And I, and I think that none of us, besides the fact that I were armed, can argue that. Yeah, I no, think the man I is a legitimate so. constitutionalist. And I think in his 
I think I haven't watched uh, proceedings in, in, in the committees to where a man handled himself as well as he did. He handled himself with some humor. He handled himself with facts. He also stood up for himself when Franklin was going after him left and right, which is the wrong guy to go after him. Yeah, that was uh, like yeah. Uh, Franklin was Diane Feinstein, he, I think, was the best example. Feinstein, I think she, she overstepped her a little bit. She said, well, why don't you take a day to, you know, come up with a list of cases that you think were famous. And, and I'm surprised by him, by her, because I, was I, I always held Diane Feinstein as a little bit more, kind of like Claire McCaskill. I, I don't think Claire McCaskill is just a party gal. She's going to kind of vote her conscious sometimes. I um, love Claire McCaskill. Like she bailed my wife out of a major jam one time. She'll vote for her every yeah, time. Yeah, so you know, and I always kind of thought Diane Feinstein, <laughs> why she's a party gal, she always seemed to me to kind of, uh, you know, go go which way it should go sometimes. And I thought she kind of pit her pit her titnering her on that a little bit because I didn't think she had anything to stand on, and he blew her away. That's that's one way to say it, but I, <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. He blew her away. I, I I thought I thought he clearly won that discussion. Yep. Uh, and I was blown away that well, she even brought it up. You're not supposed to use Tittnerringer's term. In, I, I just thought it, I, I think it's a funny, <laughs> it's a funny shit term, man. I, this is one reason. I I'm sorry, Dad. The novice female that was a misogynistic comment. But that was one of, <laughs> that was one of the single worst questions that was asked. Uh, and I think she got her ass handed to her big time. Of course, a bit of male, I would say he put his balls on a male, so it's, sure. and, you know, it, it's equal opportunity abuse. But in terms of just modern, modern American politics when we're going through these nominations, the fact that she didn't think he could rattle off the cases, and he said, I don't need a day, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. These are the cases I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, oh yeah, that was great. That, that was a great exchange. And I don't that, care where you from. That, that a gives me a lot of hope, honestly, that he would be fair, impartial, well, constitutional, um, and that's all that you want people to do. I mean, I, I can tell you, I don't want some other warm court. That's just an activist court, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know. Then nobody wins for that. Um, so I don't know. I think you have to be able to study the rules of law. Say this is legal and this is not legal. Not. I want this to be legal, and I'm going to bend the rules of the law to make it legal. Uh, well, I thought, like I said, I thought I thought Trump's team made a good choice there. I thought it was a fair choice. Yeah, that may be the first uh, thing he's done really good. Yeah, that I really kind of can, can go. Oh, okay, there's right. only semi win. Oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. I mean, his uh, his his win percentage is kind of low right now. It's a but, little low. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I will give him Gorsuch. Uh, going, but yeah, real life too. You know, yeah. we Reading look, up on him, he seems kind of exceptionally qualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like a you know pretty fair individual. And he, he, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he doesn't look like he's going to make any you know political yeah. activist sort of decisions oh, while okay. serving on the Supreme Court. Exactly. He's going to make constitutional decisions. Yeah. I don't think he has an agenda. I just yeah. don't yeah. think yeah. he has an agenda. Yeah, yeah, Trump's right. only been in office for two months. I mean, we like to bag on. Everybody likes to bag on Trump a little bit, but. I still think that he has, he, even, uh, was, it, was it Schumer that said? If he learns to reach across different aisles, I think it was Schumer that said it, 
few of them across different aisles and learns how to reach out and learns how to work people and make the deals. Much like old Tip of Deal used to be able to do right. back in the day, old Bobby Dole. Much as, much as we bang on them back in the day, they really made deals. This is one Penn Then he has the chance to be a, to be a, he did say great mind strength, but he has a chance to be a good president. This is where Pence is supposed to come into play because he has the experience to go across party lines mm-hmm. in theory um, and make those deals happen. And my but hope I, is that this can still happen. I think we're never going to see this again in the United <coughs> States. I think it's going to, the only thing that would change my mind about this ever becoming a reality again would be a world war. That we could all unite around and yeah. go, okay, we have to do something together and get back to what we used to do. Because right now, everybody just wants to block the other side, period. I agree. They want to I, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Republicans did it for almost eight years. and Democrats uh, do it, they're the same. And now we're seeing the same thing on the Democratic side. Yeah, nothing have, has changed. I understand why they're doing it, but, you know, it's... It's not getting it done. And again, you know me, I don't want anything to get done, so I don't mind this at all. (laughs) This is great by me, so I hope nothing gets done, but uh, you do want the good things to get done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's just a matter of finding the good things. The the bottom line, I think, that bothers me the most is I don't want to see our country get away from what we are. I don't want to see it get to... The point where we lose track of what America is and how truly incredible this country is and how truly incredible our opportunities are here for I'll, all people. I'll be honest, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I think you're seeing... Uh, I don't know what's so exceptional about America. Like, I love this country. I think it's a great country. Me too. I don't know what's you so exceptional. You've traveled overseas. I've traveled overseas. Sure. Ben's been overseas. We've all... We've, when you go overseas... This country gives a whole new meaning. It really does. You see the good things that are overseas. There are better things than us overseas because we have our warts. But overall, what we have here in our ability is amazing. It really is. It's not that it's bad. It's just that we're ignoring the good that other countries do. And I don't know that we're the most exceptional place in the world. I think there's many great countries in the world. And, uh, I mean, hell, everybody knows I want to live in Mexico at some point. I think the way Mexico does stuff is great. I love the way they do things down there. It's it's incredibly simple. It's easy to follow. You know? It's They've a, kept it simple. It's not a bad country. The KISS yeah. method is, has something to say for sometimes. Keep it simple. So, yeah. Stupid! Keep it simple. I, I'm not denying America's doing well. I'm saying there's other countries that are doing well too, and we can learn from them. And we're making the same mistake that other empires, if you want to call us empire or greatest country on earth or wherever that we are at the moment, mm-hmm. um, have made. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes Rome is burning. Well, people and our fear is that Rome's going to keep burning. Well, and I th- you know, I, th- yeah, I think that's actually a great place to begin the wrap up here. Right. Is I think. Uh, I think you're right. I think um, I think if you're from America, born and raised here, you uh, you do recognize that America is a great country. Um, but uh, if you get to travel, 
you recognize there are great things about about a lot of these other nations that maybe we can um, incorporate, we can incorporate in into our, into our union to make it a more perfect union. You know, because what we don't want uh, is to wake up one day and find out that Rome is burning. Show me a country that's not nationalistic. That people oh, yeah. that country sucks. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. You don't want to wake up and be Venezuela, I can promise you that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you Venezuelans love Venezuela. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I think it's a phenomenal country. Yeah, I mean, so and I think that's the thing. The same pride. Yeah, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, because we all have the same pride in our countries and in our governments, you know, I think we all recognize where the problems are. And we all, and I mean all by meaning every country, uh, wants to see those things fixed. But at the end of the day, we want to... I think the one great thing, you know, about about America is that, you know, we are, you know, all in pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That may not be a part of the actual constitution of every country, but I think that's what every country is after at the end of the day. Their version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, I would agree. And with that... I'm going to end this podcast in a way and all podcasts. And that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is to good times with good people. My problems will start and start.